here. So we've been journeying through the book of Acts, so we're going to take a little break. It is Valentine's Day. It's coming up. This is the week of. And so if you have a Valentine, hopefully you've already gotten her some flowers ordered or some chocolate. you got a game plan. If not, you might learn some things tonight that will help you as Valentine's Day is coming up. But tonight, here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm not actually going to preach. We're going to have a panel, so I want to ask you guys to go ahead and come on up. That'll be my wife, Angela. We've got Brett and Ashley. We've got <laughs> Whitney and Joe. My wife decided to stay in the back when I said that. And so um, I ask each of these couples to come and uh, to kind of share. I've got some questions that we're going to walk through. And so I can't tell you how excited I am about this. Um, and so in just a minute, I'll, I'll let you kind of hear from some of these couples. Brett and Ashley, there's a mic behind you. You guys use that. And then Joe and Whitney, I'm going to give you guys Tanner's mic. You get the special one. So hopefully he didn't spit in it too much. Here you go. And so um, relationships is something that all of us typically go through. We have relationships with our parents and with our brothers and sisters, but um, specifically tonight we're going to focus more on the dating relationship. And so we're going to talk a little bit about marriage and some different things. Um, if you have your Bible, that I want you to turn to Ephesians. Ephesians is going to be the launch pad of where we're going to be coming out of, but I want to share you just brief stories. So um, several years ago, I, I started dating a girl that I really liked. Hopefully this isn't awkward for Angela. I started dating a girl I really liked, and, um, and we, we dated for a while. We ended up breaking up, and um, it was actually during that breakup that I realized that, that I wanted to marry this girl um, through conversations and through some different things. And, um, and nine months later, me and this girl started to date again. But those nine months, there was a lot of growing in my life. There was a lot of pain, a lot of frustration. A lot of you all have felt that before as you've been in relationships, kind of had ups and downs. Um, but but uh, actually, it was probably six months later, maybe it was nine, uh, we started to date again. And then six months after that, we got engaged. So this is actually Angela that I'm talking about. Um, and then we got married. But here's the thing. When, we, when we're in relationships, if you're in a relationship, you know how challenging it can be. Um, if you grew up in the MySpace era, which most of us did, I don't know, maybe some of you were a little bit before that. I don't know. Um, I know our middle school and high school students on Wednesday night, they were a little before that. But there was, I, I can't remember if it was Facebook or MySpace, but it had the little box you could check that said it's complicated. So you could say it was MySpace. Angela just confirmed. It was MySpace. So I don't know, any, any former MySpacers out there, former MySpacers? I had a MySpace. When I heard about Facebook, I was like, what is this? Like, you can't decorate your page. You can't have a theme song when people go to it. It's like, good grief. And now look at what Facebook has, has done. But, you know, you can check that box that says it's complicated. And if we're all honest, relationships are complicated. Uh, they're challenging. And so we're going to work through some of that. We're going to talk about some different questions. But I want to read a passage. And as I said, this is going to be the launch pad for this discussion. We're not really going to walk through a passage of Scripture tonight other than this right here, but this is going to be the core of everything that we say. And so it's in Ephesians chapter 5, um, starting in verse 22. This is a passage that you've probably heard a lot. We're going to talk about it just for a few minutes here. It says, wives submit to your own husbands. And a lot of times we take that word submit and we abuse it. But this is actually a good thing. We can explain that a little bit later. It's the idea that the husband should be looking out for his wife. The husband should have the best interest for his wife. So submitting to that is a good thing. 
And, and uh, verse 23 says this, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Verse 24 says, therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, or just as the church submits to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the, by the word. Now, just I want to get this picture in your mind that the husband is to love his wife in the same way that Christ loves the church. So think about that. We all know how much Christ loves us. Guys, y'all can have, a, there's some chairs back there if you want to sit down. Um, Sorry to point you out. I just don't want you to have to stand for the next hour long. Um, but just as Christ loves the church, that is how I'm supposed to love my wife, Angela. And so a lot of times we talk about wives submitting to a husband, and yet the husband is to love his wife the way Christ loved the church. And we know that Christ went to the cross for the world, for his people. And so that is a strong, strong love. It's really the essence of what the gospel is, and, and we'll talk about this in just a minute, but the core of everything that we talk about tonight is going to be the gospel. That that's how we have successful relationships, because of the gospel. And what we see here is that Christ gave himself up for the church in the same way the husband is to do that for his wife. Verse 27 says this, that he, talking about Christ, might present her, the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So again, you see this language. Just as Jesus loves the church, the guy is to love his wife the way Christ did. Verse 30 says, for we are members of his body. Again, if Christ is loving the church, he's loving his body, he's loving the bride, that's us as believers, if you put your faith in Jesus, it says, we are members of his body, of his flesh and his bones, verse 31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So this passage, if you ever go to a, a marriage ceremony, this is a passage that a lot of times is going to be read. And, and really and ultimately, a marriage is to be a display of the gospel, of Christ loving the church. And so we'll get into that. I want to I say this phrase, though. Some of you, you, you probably won't take many notes tonight just because it's going to be very, very conversational. But here's a thought I want to give you. You may want to write it down or just try to remember it. But marriage is a gift from God that should give glory to God. So it's a gift. And because it's a gift, it's something that's good. We get to enjoy it. There's benefit from that. But ultimately, marriage should bring glory to God. Now, we've got it backwards nowadays in our society, but marriage is a gift from God that should give glory to God. And, and there's three things that I, that I, I want to give you right here, and this is going to help as we understand um, some of the things we talk about tonight. Our understanding of marriage understands our approach to dating. So when we understand marriage and when we understand what that looks like, what that's for, the purpose of it, why God created it, only then can we approach dating in the way that we should. 
the, God's word doesn't really tell us much about dating. Like if you're wanting to know the Bible verse that talks about dating, you're not going to find a lot about dating, but you will find information on marriage just as we read. And if we understand marriage, we will understand dating. And so that's why I have married people up here that are going to talk through this. Our understanding of the gospel understand, um, gives us understanding uh, to marriage. Our understanding of the gospel affects our, our approach to marriage, I should say. So what we just read if we understand the gospel that Christ gave his life for us, that I didn't deserve his love, yet he gave it for me. He died for me. If I understand that, then marriage makes sense. If I don't understand the gospel, marriage in its proper context will not make sense. That's why you see so many divorces with celebrities and, and different things. It's because marriage doesn't make sense to them. They don't understand the purpose of it. But when we understand the gospel, we can understand marriage. And then the third thing, the gospel must be the core of your relationship. So here's going to be the journey for tonight, three things, and then we'll kind of jump into some of these questions. Um, first thing is we're going to look at culture's view of marriage. And when we know culture's view of marriage, or if people understand marriage the way culture does, then dating would simply follow that. So if you're here today and your only understanding of marriage is what you see on TV, celebrities, and those around you that aren't Christians, then that's going to affect the way that you date. But if you have a correct view of marriage, which will be the second thing that we talked about, talk about, then we'll have a correct view of dating and its purpose. And then lastly, we want to talk about this idea of compatibility, kind of that idea of, hey, finding the one. What does that look like? Is that real? Is that make-believe? Is that only in Disney movies? What is that? And so to kind of kick things off, we're going to begin, as I said, with culture's view of marriage. And so I want um, some of my friends here to jump in with this. But before we jump in these questions, Brett, Ashley, can you just share briefly a little bit about yourself? I know most people know you, but just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I, my name is Ashley Gurley. This is Brett, my husband. We've been married for September was three years, so going on three and a half. Um, we have two babies. Their name is Max and Macy. They're two little weenie dogs. Um... Do we want to share about our story? Yeah, just briefly. Brief okay. story. Brief story. So I met him at Waffle House. Uh, um, eating waffles. <laughs> I did. I met him after a college night. We had a, like a big worship night, and I met him at Waffle House, and I was a snob to him. And he'll tell you to this day I was a snob because I just started a guy fast. So like literally that day I started saying, okay, God. She wouldn't even look at me. Uh, well, you were hot, so. <laughs> but I, Yeah. So, anyways, I had to, he had to wait on me. He did wait on me, though, and we ended up actually group dating like crazy. Okay, we didn't call it dating. We just went out with friends, you know. And, anyways, so finally we made it official in September, and then the rest is history. So That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, thanks, guys. Joe, Whitney, can you all share just a little bit about yourself, kind of where you're at in life and what God's doing? Okay, so I'm Whitney. This is Joe. We've been married for almost two and a half years, um, and we moved to Birmingham. Um, about a year and a half ago, I'm in dental school, so that brought us to downtown Birmingham. Um, and so, let's see, we started dating, or we met each other in, as juniors in high school, so a long time ago, in our youth group. So, where you're supposed to meet people, right? No. Um, and we kind of, we weren't really serious or anything, we were just friends, and um, just kind of progressed, and dif went to different colleges, and came back, and then a little while later, God had a plan, and we got married. So, it's been a fun journey, but... That's and, great. Yeah. Fun fact, um, when, I was, when I was in college, we were actually in the same college ministry, me, Joe, and Whitney, and so I got to meet them in college, and so it was really cool to see them come here and to get plugged in, so I'm excited to have them. 
Um, and then briefly, many of you know uh, me and Angela's story, but we met in 2009. And um, Angela, do you want to share? It? I've been talking. I've been hogging the mic. Okay, I'll talk. Um, yep, we met uh, actually at summer camp. We have Camp Love is what they call it. We were, we were both um, rec leaders at a, at a camp that we worked at. We were partners, so we had to spend all day together. We were paid to do it. So, I mean, we had to, I couldn't get away from him. He would, like, text me. <laughs> he, would, he would make up questions to ask me for our work. And I was like, what? He's clueless. Like, why does he not know what we're supposed to be doing with our job? Sorry. <laughs> it was just funny. <laughs> so I was like, why? Okay, whatever. Um, so we started dating. But, you know, you're not supposed to date when you're on a summer staff together. So he, you know, tried to flirt with me all summer, but I didn't give him any attention. And, um, and then we started dating after the summer. And now we're married. And we have, a, we have a dog, too. We live right next to Brett and Ashley. And their two dachshunds chase our dog around the yard. It's really funny. Yeah, so that's us. Yep, so that's us. Just a little snippet. If y'all have more questions about any of our stories, feel free at any time to talk to us afterwards or throughout the semester. But here's kind of the, the kind of first question I want to ask. So we talked about culture's view of marriage. And, guys, this is something that I think that we all see um, that culture has kind of defined marriage different than what we see in Scripture. And I think this is very dangerous. And so why would you guys say that the way culture has defined marriage is dangerous? Anybody can kind of speak into this. I think it's just because we live in like a, I guess, a lot, I've heard people say a drive-through society. You know, if I don't like something, I can just pick it up. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm done with it. It's not working, so I'll just, you know, I'm done with it, you know. And that, yeah, there's no commitment. And just as we were talking, you know, as we all, before we came in here, you know, nobody wants to commit it, commit to anything. And it's not just marriage, it's everything. It, I, I've found as I've gotten older that people don't like to commit to things, you know, unless they just really, really are passionate about it. And uh, I think this, that's the sad thing is, you know, people don't really want to commit to that one person because they're, I've got, you know, I know people that's, they, they get married, you know, and they get out of that honeymoon honeymoon stage, and they're just like, you know, okay, I'm done. You know, I don't want to work at it. But Yeah, yeah, that's good. Do y'all want to add anything to that? Um, I just think it's not important in our society. Like, it's just not a big thing. Like, you think about it, most people when they're dating, they don't have any limits on anything, so it's like, why am I going to get married? You know, I'll get, I'll get married when it's convenient, or my parents are like, come on, finally get married. Or, you know, it's just, they, I think people just don't have a desire um, because it's just something that's like, uh, well, why am I going to spend thousands of dollars to get married when I have everything else when I'm dating? So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's something that we all see. I think you guys see this all around you. But we live in a day and time where uh, people are getting married later in life. Less people are getting married. And I think it's the exact things that were said. It's people are doing everything you would do in a marriage, but they aren't getting married. So why would they get married? People are sleeping around with each other. They're living with each other before they get married. And so the whole purpose of marriage, the thing that we talked about, it's design. It's not, it's not what they're doing is not the purpose of marriage. And so it doesn't work because it's, it's kind of like what Brett said. It's that commitment that we are, live in a generation of people that don't want to commit. Um, and so this is dangerous. 
Um, anything else, Ann, do you want to add anything to that? Anybody? Um, I would just say that um, a lot of people are just self-seeking, whether or not they want to admit it or not. And it's a very selfless thing to marry someone. Um, you have to really give up your desires and wants each day, and that's hard. That's hard for people to do. Yeah, and again, keep in mind Ephesians chapter 5 as we're thinking through this, because the things that were just said on culture, very self-seeking, what can I get out of this? When you look at Christ and him giving his life for the church, we don't see that. We see a very selfless act. And if marriage is supposed to be a husband giving up of himself to the wife and the wife being selfless and both parties are being selfless, then that is a marriage that honors and glorifies God. But that's not what we're seeing in our society. We're seeing two parties that say, hey, let's come together. I want to get something out of this. You want to get something out of this. And when we stop getting that, then the marriage ends. Or when I just, I don't know, like I just don't find her attractive anymore. Like I I feel, I feel like I've fallen in love with this other person. And that, honestly, that's just a bunch of crap. That's a lack of commitment. And that is where our society is. And if we're not careful, we'll follow um, close behind. Uh, this is a, a very sensitive subject. I was reading an article, and um, I was seeing some different, di- some different things. And we've talked about this a little bit in here. But, guys, I, w- I want you guys to, specifically the guys, to kind of address this. But we see that we live in a, a very sex-driven, sensuality-driven culture. You turn on your TV tonight, any, any primetime television show, there is so much going on sexually, sensually, movies, marketing, it is all around us. And we all would agree that the porn industry has practically taken over, billion-dollar industry. We've all heard the statistics. It's, it's crazy. But my question is this. Um, do you believe that pornography negatively affects a, a relationship? Do you believe that pornography negatively affects relationships? Uh, yeah, I, I believe 100% it does. Um, you know, it's something that is so rampant, even through church-type uh, culture, and it's something that people like to keep as a hidden sin that uh, that they think no one else has a problem with when it's, it's something, if you... I think at the last church Underwood, we had a sort of a guys thing where we sort of separated everybody and just sort of talked about this. And I mean, it's a rampant thing throughout the church, and it gives a, a really false reality when it comes to a marriage. You know, if this is the things you're filling up your mind with, I mean, these are the things that you're going to think that when you go into a marriage, everything's going to be just like this, or you're going to just going to give you a false a false reality of everything. And it, you know, it's a it's a sin that, um, you know, if you commit to that, it's going to take you down a long road. When you're trying to be faithful to a spouse, certainly your wife, um, you know, that type thing can drag you down and just keep coming back and uh, can destroy your marriage. Yeah. Yeah, Brett, you got anything to add? Yeah, just basically like what I'll, what he said, you know, it starts as that, you know, that, that inward sin that it can be hidden, but later on it can turn into something outward. And, you know, before you know it, you know, you know, you could have done something that you would have never thought you'd have done. Um, so I think, you know, I just – I've known people and I've talked to people who just have struggled with it and, you know, it, it will completely demolish your life. I mean, it, and your marriage. I mean, it'll just, you know, so it's, I would say, I would agree with him at 100%. Yeah, I mean, you know, stay away from it as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, on behalf yeah. of the girl side, like, <coughs> I know that it would, 
I mean, I can imagine that, like, it would destroy a wife, too, because it destroys, it, it would, I can imagine it would make her feel so not worth, you know, like, w- like, so invaluable and so not worth, you know, I will never be that, you know, and, and the standards are ridiculous, you know, it, it's like, you just, you, the wife, I can imagine, finds herself comparing and the love just fizzles out you know I mean how can you measure up to that and it's not reality so it takes a toll I'm sure it would take a toll on the wife just as well as the man no absolutely and as we're kind of talking about this in in uh, in the um, in the sphere of relationships I don't know if there's anything more anti-gospel than pornography as self-seeking and self-serving as that is not to mention the fact that I don't know what the percentage is, but most people that are in those kind of videos or pictures are, are forced into that. I mean, you, I mean, and this stuff is out there. It's readily available for you to find the, the statistics of how many women are drugged so that they'll do those kind of things, and then they find themselves trapped. And it's like, well, they do that or they have to go live on the streets. And so when you think about feeding that industry, not only are you ripping apart somebody's life that's on the other side of the screen by continuing it, the, the industry on, but that's going to affect you in your marriage. And just as Ashley said, if you are married, that is going to rip that person apart. Pornography is like a cancer. It's going to start on the inside, and it's going to eat away at you and eat and eat and eat until you're left and you're like, where have I gone? And it will destroy a dating relationship. It's going to create these thoughts in your mind that shouldn't be there. It's going to affect a marriage. And so if that's something that, uh, that, that you're going through, I'm telling you, it is going to rip you apart. But here's the good news. The good news is that we have the church. We have community. We have the gospel which Jesus says there's forgiveness that's found there. There's, there's healing that's found there. There's strength there that's found through the Holy Spirit that's given to us when we're believers. And through community, we can get through this. And so if that's something that you're going through, do not carry that alone. You've got to tell somebody. You've got to get it into the light. And I know we've kind of talked about these things before. Um, but guys, what would you say, um, just kind of continuing this, this idea of a culture's view of marriage, um, what would you say some red flags are in a relationship? Some red flags. I wanted to talk. Um, uh, my, my first thought was if they aren't a believer, um, that should be foundational. If you're dating someone, if you're talking to someone, because that's the thing you say now. Um, if you are thinking about possibly dating someone who's not a believer, you just need to stop and, because you're not called to be unequally yoked is what, is, is what the term is. And basically because if you are a Christ follower, your life is headed in a certain direction because Christ controls your life. And if you are dating someone who is not a Christ follower, they're not going to agree with you on issues like porn and on issues like staying in a marriage and things like that. So that's foundational. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Guys, you want to speak in that? Red flags? Any thoughts? My red flag would be not, I mean, have that foundational basis. And then honestly, just a simple red flag is like, what's their baggage? You know, because I, that's the thing that came to my mind was, 
I mean, everyone has, I, I don't know if y'all wear this, but you all have baggage, um, you know, not just from past relationships, but from the choices, the decisions that you've made, generations before you, your family, your parents, their addictions, your addictions, you know, controlling issues, unforgiveness issues, bitterness issues, anger. This can seep out into your relationship, and you will know when you're dating. I mean, you will know. You will not realize that it's baggage, and this is why they're treating you this way. But I would say a big red flag is if they belittle you, um, and if, if you find yourself just kind of, what is the word? I mean, you just kind of, okay, you know, you just kind of accept it as truth. Like, yeah, this is who I am. I am. They're right. You know, if you end up saying that them belittling, belittling you is okay, that's not okay. And them controlling you and trying to dictate your life and dictate what you do. And you're starting to, you're starting to lose your identity, quite frankly. Not just found in Jesus, but you're starting to feel like you don't have an identity because they've stomped it. So and that might not seem as big of an issue, but people just kind of scoop that under the rug. Like it's not an issue, and it is. It's a huge red flag. Yeah, that's, that's good. Guys, any thoughts, red flags? I would just say, just along your lines, like those are the major red flags. If you really think about it, when you're starting a relationship, we we kind of know, like when there's these things that pop into our head, we're like, something is not right about this. Like you said, like belittling you and like talking down to you and stuff like that. We just need to be very aware of these things and be praying over that person and stuff. And I think the problem comes when we start, um, these red flags stop going off in our heads and we just think, oh, well, that's how they are. Or that's their personality. Don't ever get that way. You know, these red flags are there for a reason, and we have to have these standards that, you know, Christian standards, like, you know, Madison said, there's not a lot in the Bible that tells us, like, how what dating, you know, looks like, but we know what marriage looks like, so we need to know that. So then we have these standards of what, you know, a godly husband looks like, what a godly wife looks like. So when somebody comes into our life, we're like, whoa, we need to back away and, like, flee and let not let that become just a persistent problem. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would just add that if you're not becoming more like Christ because of the relationship, that would be a red flag. So if you're dating somebody and you've declined spiritually, that would be a very big red flag. Because the idea should be that both of you are pursuing Christ and that you are encouraging each other. I went running today with a, with a friend, and there's something about running together with somebody that, hey, when you're tired, just having that person next to you kind of gives you the extra ump to keep going. And when one of you stops, you say, hey, man, keep going, keep running, let's go, let's finish this thing out. But if you're spiritually, um, or if you're in a, in a dating relationship and spiritually that's not happening, to where you're dragging somebody all the time, if you're doing that, then what's going to happen is you're actually going to decline. Because if you're not both working together, because that's the picture that we see in Ephesians chapter 5. It's that, hey, Christ gave himself up for the church. The church submits. It's this, it's this back and forth. It's kind of like this dance. That's what marriage is to where I am, I'm serving Angela. And, and, I, and I'm looking to her, and I'm giving up myself. And she's doing the same. And it's, it's back and forth and back and forth. One of the beautiful things about marriage is that I can go home and if I have a bad day, Angela encourages me, and she speaks life into me. Sometimes she says things that I don't want to hear, but I need to hear. And then if Angela has a bad day, I can speak life into her. That's the idea. And so a red flag would be that if you're not growing spiritually. All right, um, let's see. We're going we're gonna to kind of move. So the culture's view, now we're going to move a little bit to the correct view. And we've already talked about this, but what are just some things that you'd say would be a biblical picture of a husband and wife. Obviously, Ephesians 5 is our is kind of the uh, the foundation of all that, but maybe you would add some things to that. 
Any thoughts? What does that look like on a day-to-day basis, practically speaking? I think it sort of goes back to uh, what you were saying is, uh, you know, with our walk with Christ, us continuing to grow with each other um, on a daily basis. And as just I think pretty much what you said just just a while ago, um, when you're going through this life, I mean, Whitney is my, you know, my best friend. Uh, we, you know, being just getting the word in the scriptures together and, you know, when it comes to the bad day type thing, you know, she's always there um, for me. So I don't even know where I'm going with that. So. Hey, man. No, that's good, dude. That's good. You know, but it's just that whole triangle that I think we all have heard, but do we really, like, understand? You know, it's like if there's a disconnect between Joe and me and, like, he's just really getting on my nerves that day because it happens. Like, you think marriage looks like this, you know, beautiful picture, but – then you get home and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, and you have reality. And it's like, he is my best friend and he's my husband and I would do anything for him. But like, if I'm not walking with the Lord and it's, it's going to mess up this. And so I have to grow closer to the Lord and be like diligent in my walk with the Lord and my pursuit of the Lord. And then this just kind of works out along the way. It's like, it takes work. And I think that's why a lot of people are afraid of it. And um, I just thought of, like, you talking about, like, running with your friend today. That was actually our verse that we kind of had when we were dating. And, like, we really didn't think about it was um, Hebrews 12, like, where it's like, you know, run the race that God has set before you. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And that's so true, I think, of what dating, what marriage looks like. It's, a, it's just running together. You know, you find somebody to go with you and just, like, go through life. It's not about the, you know, I was in a study not long ago. It was, like, soulmate. It's not like that. It's, like, the soul, S-O-L-E, mate. You know, soulmates really, you know, come on kind of cheesy but you know you're running through like that's really what it's about it's not like oh is he the one and we'll get to that later but it's just like having somebody to go through this life with to pursue the lord with so yeah i thought i think that's great winnie i love that you said that um and so you know talking about running a really a race together and encouraging each other and a big word that comes to my mind is grace 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 and if you don't know what grace Madison said he needs it i need it um, grace, and that's just giving each other grace and showing grace because you are not perfect, I'm not perfect, Madison is not perfect, Pastor Kevin's not perfect. You know, like, we all have mistakes and we all have problems and, and we all are dirty and don't clean up after ourselves and we get tired and irritated and we say things we shouldn't say. And marriage is a great picture of what grace should look like because there's been things that I've said to Madison that are very mean and I shouldn't have said or I shouldn't have done, and he's shown grace to me. And because he showed grace to me, then I am more compelled to show grace to him. And it's just this neat picture of what grace should look like. That's good. Guys, y'all want to add anything to that? Yeah, um, I was just, you know, based off of what Angela said, is just showing the grace and just being I was going to say being just is to try to be conscious of being totally selfless. And that's really hard to do. Um, but she gave me permission to say this. But I was going to give an analogy, okay? <laughs> Any of y'all remember, like, growing up and you spent the night with a friend or a friend spent the night with you. And, like, the next day their their mom kind of had to go do something, you know, or, like, I'm just like, you're just looking at them like, you're really getting on my nerves. When, so when's your mom coming to get you? You know, like <laughs> I, ha- I mean, I had that like several times. See, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> like, and you're just like, okay, so like, when is your mom coming and all this? But like, it's like when you're married. I honestly, and I, and I, I got, like I said, I got permission to say this, so it's okay. And she agrees with me. So, 
But that's like it, it gets like that at times. But I mean, on a serious note, I mean that's where the grace comes in, you know. And I know it's hard to be serious after that. But I don't I don't mean it, you know, bad. But I mean that's where you know work comes in, you know, and that's where you got to look at it, and that's where the commitment comes in. And you know, and it's like I look at her, and I'm just like, you know, she's worth it. She's worth, you know, the commitment. She's worth, you know. And I know, you know, there are hard times. There's definitely been hard times, but, you know, it's in the end, it's worth it, and it's is glorifying God. So that's what matters. So. Right. And it goes back to that idea of commitment. I mean, we really do live in a day and age where people aren't committed. I mean, over the past year, the people that have told me that they would be places. And then, like, and they've done it to you, too, where you get a group together. Hey, we're going to go do this. Somebody said, yeah, I'll be there. And then, like, hey, have you seen so-and-so? No, I haven't heard from him. It's been an hour. Where he's at? He said he was going to be here. Like, our words don't mean anything anymore for some of us. And so, again, that's, that's, it has seeped into everything. It's seeped into dating. It's seeped into marriage. And, um, and really, it, it's that idea of, of, of commitment. Um, let me ask you this. What, um, well, I was going to ask this one question. Let's, let's, let's back up. While dating, should a guy, because we're talking about biblical marriage, we kind of talked about showing grace and the guy leading and different things, but while dating, should the guy be a spiritual leader or is that just designed for marriage? Any thoughts? Um, when we were dating, I, I was very stingy with my prayer time and like with my Jesus time, like that was my time. And I was advised through dating to keep that your time. To, um, not that you can't pray together, because we prayed together several times, you know, um, if we were feeling tempted or whatever it was. I mean, we prayed, you know, especially when we were pursuing marriage. But, you know, that was so, that's so intimate. That time with you and Jesus and him and Jesus is so intimate. And, it, I mean, it's supposed to depict a marriage. Like, he is our husband. We are his bride. And so I personally don't feel like you should enter into now this is just my opinion but I don't feel like you should full-fledged enter into a okay let's do this together we're gonna do every devote every you know Jesus time every time that we have with the Lord we're gonna do it together and your alone time with Jesus just vanishes like I, I don't think that's healthy at all I think you lose sight of Jesus in that um you know but once we once we got married, I mean, it was, it is us, and it is us doing it together. Now, we still have our own Jesus time, but it's together now, and I feel like you just got to be very careful while you're dating. You don't want to get too, but you don't want to get too close in the area of that intimacy with the Lord, with this guy or with this girl just yet. I don't feel that way. That's a good word. Do you want to add to that? Take away from it? No, I'm just kidding. Don't take away from it. Here's my thoughts. Um, I, I think you do got to be very careful. You know, we talk about sexual purity a lot. We talk about, you know, guarding ourselves uh, when it comes to physical things. But sometimes we do those things and we feel good about it, but we don't do it emotionally and we don't do it spiritually. And then when you break up, there's still a lot of your heart that you've given to somebody because you didn't guard it. You didn't do a good job guarding your heart. And so I think we've got to be very careful. And, and I, I agree with what Ashley said. That's not to say that you never were to pray together or that you were never uh, to discuss something in Scripture. I think it's good to have those conversations. But here's the, here's the picture that I believe, that if you are dating, you need to be in a church. So that would be a red flag as if you're not. So in a church, 
The girl needs girls pouring into her. And, 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 and the guy that's dating the girl, at that time, he is not the head of that relationship. We see it in Ephesians 5. The husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. In the dating relationship, that's not the case. You know, if, if, if the girl's father is a Christian and believer, he should be the ultimate spiritual authority in her life. Now, I understand we live in a day and age where everybody's family situation is different. But the girl and the guy need to be sitting under a pastor, under teaching of Scripture. They need to be having their own time with God. And that time needs to be, as Ashley said, you got to be careful there. Now, as you get closer and closer into marriage, I think there's, there's some things that you can do and I would encourage to do. But I think we've got to be very, very careful. Um, you know, so often you may have somebody that's trying to do the right thing, so they plan Bible studies for the next two years, a two-hour Bible study of meeting, and it's kind of like that's, that's something that is very dangerous. I think that Ashley already pointed out. Um, but it starts to put the relationship at, as, at an, as an idol. Um, and, and I think it's very dangerous. So we can talk about that. And if you have specific questions related to that, I would encourage you to talk to any of us and kind of say, hey, well, what did you guys do? What worked? What didn't work? Um, but, uh, you know, talking about some of the physical things that I just mentioned, you know, guarding ourselves from those, it's very difficult. So what would you guys say are some keys to sexual purity in dating? Don't watch Netflix. At, at 11, yeah, yeah. Together. So, yeah, don't, <laughs> somebody said this. With I, a big blanket, don't do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was reading an article earlier this week. Matt Chandler said, you know what? If you're starting a movie at 11 o'clock at night on a couch, you know, that just never ends with, hey, we're going to discuss the cinematography and how good the music was. It just never ends like that. So that's a big no-no. <laughs> so I think we'd all agree with that. What, what are some things y'all would say, though? Uh, sort of piggybacking off that, just don't put yourself in places where you're going to be alone with this person where there's no, I mean, even adult supervision or, or friends of yours around, just putting yourself out there uh, completely, just y'all two. That's good. Uh, th- uh, somebody said this is not my phrase, but find privacy in public, uh, something to that degree, to where you can, or be, be private in public, to where, yeah, I mean, if you go to a restaurant, we can sit here and we can have a moment where nobody's hearing what we're talking about, but we are in a public setting, and it's very easy to say no to certain things in a public setting, whereas on the couch at 11 o'clock at night, that's a different story. And so, again, be private in public, um, but put yourself around people. Anything else you guys would suggest? I mean, we all know how hard it is, y'all. Like, all of us, I mean, it's hard. The temptation is hard, and it's there. You know, you just, you really have to, and I mean, I was telling Angel, the only thing you want to do is be together. You know, the only thing you want to do is be alone. That's the only thing you want to do, and you're counting down days so you can be alone with them, you know, and it, it, it you have to reprogram the way that you think. Engaged, especially once you're engaged, because it's like, well, I mean, you know, it's like a done deal, you know, we're almost there, you know, and it, and it makes you, it makes you want to like, you know, it just, it makes you want to justify it, but it won't work. Yeah, that's a good word, um, and hopefully most of you will be engaged at some point, but it gets very challenging at that at that point because you're almost there and you're starting to have conversations that are very marriage related because you're planning a marriage and you're talking with each other's family more and more as you would when you're married but you don't have the benefit 
of some other things in marriage, and yet you want to justify it. And so you start to say, ah, man, well, I mean, like Brett said, hey, we're getting pretty close, so let's do this. But again, you've got to be very, very careful. And that's why I encourage you to be in a church. Be in a church, which means that your relationship is on, uh, it's, it's seen by everybody. You're at a church, you're sitting under preaching, but involved in a church to where the girl is not just coming with the guy and you come and sit in the back and then you leave. No, no, no. The girl needs girls around her that are speaking life into her, that are asking her questions. Hey, you know, how are things going? How, how's everything going? The guy needs guys asking him questions. Hey, man, are you leading her well? How's, how's I mean, you know, how, how is your mind? You know, are you serving her? Those questions have to be asked. And so if you want to do dating right, and you're dating a Christian believer, be in the church. Have people surrounding you. I'm only repeating something he said the other day. I think you were going to say this, but you probably forgot. Uh, this really good flag, it's really a red flag. Um, if someone wasn't going to church when you started dating or when you were talking, but then they started going to church because you're dating and they're just there because you were there, that's not a good sign. Chances are they're just going to appease you. So you need to be dating someone who is going to church because they know how important it is for their own life. Yeah, and, and it's really easy to talk yourself out of what Angela just said. Oh, he's not coming to church just because of me. He said he really wants to know about the Lord. Again, it's very easy to deceive yourself into saying that. That's why you got to be around people, and you need to listen to what people say. Uh, a red flag, again, kind of going, going back to some of these red flags, is that if your family and friends are concerned, you need to listen to them. It's very easy for us to deceive our own self. Oh, he's not really like that, though. He's actually very caring. And all your friends are saying, man, he is a jerk. Man, the way he talks, the way he acts, do not deceive yourself and talk yourself into dating somebody. Don't do that. This is going to be a red flag. We're going to move, uh, we're going to move into this idea of compatibility. And I'm going to say this quote, and um, we'll kind of uh, talk about some other things. But I would say this. In regards to compatibility, and, and I got this quote from Matt Chandler or, or Tim, Tim Keller, one of those guys. They said something to, to this effect. It's less about compatibility and more about commitment. And we'll flesh that out in just a minute. But here's the question. How do I know when he or she is the one, or is that even a thing? Is that a real thing? Is that a Disney thing? <laughs> I think it goes, uh, what we kind of already covered on is if they're a Christ follower. And I don't mean just like, you know, somebody who just goes to church regular. I mean like really examine them and look at their life and what does it reflect? Because if it doesn't, you know, if, if if the Lord is not a priority in their life, then I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I mean, I would say that's a red flag, and I would not pursue that person. And if I had not seen that in her, then, you know, I, I, mean, I mean, you know, that's what I was looking for. And so I think that is that is absolutely, that is key. So Absolutely. Um, I would just say you got to think about when we're like when you're dating or whatever and you think what is the world like when people like that aren't in church when they're trying to find someone what are they using as judgment you know they're trying to find somebody that they're like you know compatible with they have fun with and they get along with right and so those are like very surface level things and I feel like you know most people think oh well there's probably like somebody out there for me 
Well, the trouble with that is, is like if you base, you know, your relationship on, you know, oh, well, we get along and we, we have fun together. Those are so surface level that when you come into the hard times, if you don't have a deeper relationship with Christ where you can turn to him, you're going to turn to something else. And so I feel like the caution in thinking there's like the one person is people that say, oh, but I love him, you know, and he's the one, but yet there's all these red flags and saying, I don't care that he does this to me or is not a Christian, but he's the one, like I've never loved anybody like him. And it all goes back to what's the point of marriage? What's the point of dating? Are we dating with a purpose? We're not dating just to have a happy marriage and just, you know, grow old together. We're, you know, dating so we can become more holy because when we're together, we're serving the Lord together. We're pursuing the Lord. We're showing others. We're showing like shining the light of Christ in our marriage. And so I feel like we can get real, um, it can be a real like interesting topic when you think, oh, there's only one person. Don't think like that. Think, is this person pursuing the Lord in a way that I am? Because, you know, if, if you are, if you're sold out to go into missions and you want to, you know, like I think of my brother, my brother is going to be a missionary and he has met, a, his wife is, has the same interest. And I'm like, that's just not a coincidence. No, it's because they came together and they had the sh- same interest. They shared the same common interest because they wanted to pursue the Lord together. And so I feel like don't get caught up on, is he the right one? No, is he meeting all these other, you know, spiritual standards that I have set in my life? That's good. And um, something that I would add to that is that people change over time. So you may find compatibility at one point in your life, but when people grow and when they change, what are you going to do then? I'm not the same person that I was when, when Angela married me over three years ago. I'm not the same person that I was when Angela met me in 2009. So does that mean like, well, we're not compatible anymore. I guess we got to find somebody else that is. Because if that's how you think, then you're going to be looking your entire life every year or every two years for somebody different because people change. And when you get into a marriage, when you get into an engagement time, you kind of start to see some maybe some things that you haven't seen. And I'll also add to this that when you're dating Typically, people are at their best. So if they are a little bit, oh, I don't know about that, multiply that times, I don't know, 100, and that's what you get in a marriage. So if you're saying, like, I can live with it, multiply it a few more times and then ask yourself the same question. And if you fight now while dating, trust me, I promise it will get worse. I, and I'm serious, like, if you fight even the least bit, it's going to be just, just you can, like you said, I mean, it, it's going to get worse. Like, I, I'm just saying, it will. Well, and another thing, too, is for those of y'all dating or thinking about trying to change somebody, yeah, yeah, you, you can't, mm-hmm. yeah, and you won't. You will not change. Whatever it is that you think that you're trying to change or, you know, I mean, whatever, it could be anything, like, no, 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 it, that's not going to happen. And if there's already things that you're wanting to change and you're not even either dating seriously or you're considering marriage, like, I, I would say that he's probably not the one. I mean, there's always going to be things that you want to change. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's a list that Brett wants to change in me, okay? And, you know, oh, please, <laughs> please. Good okay? answer, Brett. <laughs> God. But, you know, like, those things that you're like, I can't. I can't live with this change, you know, like I can't, this drives me crazy, I can't stand it. Well, you're going to be living with the person, so yeah, you can't change That's it. That's good, and we've all heard it, I, I can change him though, I can change him, and you can't, you just can't. 
Well, and that goes, uh, you know, that's the thought that I have is, uh, sorry, you got to hold the mic. <laughs> I just said, why would you want to? Like, do you, that's not like, what's romantic about that? Like, why would you want to, well, I can change him. Well, that's romantic. Like, why would, I mean, you're going to be marrying this person and you're saying, oh, and he's, it's okay. We'll change him. Well, no, you don't have that kind of power. Only God has that kind of power. So yeah. give it up. Again, and that's, and that's really anti-Ephesians 5. Because if you're serving somebody, then that means that you're saying, okay, they're like this. I'm showing them grace. I'm going to show them grace. And, yes, there's times where you have open communication and say, you know what? Well, when you do this, it really, I, you know, it makes me feel like blank. And having that open communication, because it may be something where if I like, I don't know, if I do something that Angela doesn't like, and it's something that, hey, I can serve her by not doing that. Because this really isn't a big deal in my life. Or maybe there's just a bad habit that I have of leaving my clothes everywhere. And so I need to serve her by picking those up. Not that that ever happens. <laughs> well, hey, here's some, <laughs> let's, uh, we've got a few more questions, and then we'll wrap up here. Um, so let me ask you this. What do you look for in a uh, husband or a wife? What are some things that, and we've said some of these things, but just very focused now. What are some of those things? I would say, I'm sorry, Angela, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say um, <laughs> someone that can lead you spiritually for the girls. Um, you know, when we were dating Madison, we, we kept lines and we, we didn't do devotions together or anything. But Madison, I remember him asking me, like, specific questions that kind of got my wheels turning and made me go to my Bible. And, and why, why do we believe this? Just things like that. And we would we would have great conversations about um, just stuff that we had been reading and things like that. And, and because of the evidence that I could see in his life and the work that God was doing in his life, I wanted to be a part of that. And I wanted to, it was exciting. I wanted to, I wanted to grow because he was pushing me. And that was something that really just stood out to me. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, we've all, we've already pretty much covered, you know, if they're a Christ follower or not, but I would say I think our big thing is laughter. Um, but that's definitely our big thing. Like I mean, we we are me and her. Like even though some we we're a lot we're really different in a lot of ways. But we that's one thing we are a couple of goofballs. Like I mean, if there were a hidden camera in our house, then you probably wouldn't talk to me. So I mean, it is. And you know, girls, like you might think that you want a hopeless romantic. You know, I'm just gonna be honest, like. I, I thought that I wanted, when I, before I even met Brett, like I thought that I wanted that guy to sweep me off my feet and to look me dead in the eyes, you know, and like tell me how beautiful I am. I don't know, you know, and I mean, I don't know. I, you know, you just want the Nicholas Sparks thing, you know, and like, I, I mean, God knew me. He knew me and he knows me so much better than I know myself because like when I met Brett, I'm like, what is what is romance? Like, this is awesome. Like, we, he makes me laugh more than anybody has ever made me laugh. Like, we're just constantly laughing, and he's just a goofball, and I love it. And, you know, I mean, he is romantic, but, you know, Nicholas Sparks, okay, like, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure he's getting a divorce right now. Like, you know, it's not, like, that's a bunch of bull. I mean, it's just not, you know, you want something that y you're going to be able to live with for the rest of your life and him looking you dead in the eyes and telling you he loves you and you're so amazing every single day. Like that would kind of get on my nerves. I'd be like, what? like back up, you know? So 
just really, really decide and let the Lord. That might be harsh, but I do tell her I love her. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, just so you know. Oh, that's good. Anything you guys want to add over here? Um, I would just say it can be like very. I remember being in, like when I was dating, and just I would hear all this like advice from older people. I was like, well, it's easy for you to say, you know, you're married. You know, I'm the one here over here, still got to go through college and everything. And like, ah, I mean, we we're boyfriend girlfriend, but like we weren't that serious or anything. And it's just it can be overwhelming and everything, but you just have to really just enjoy the season you know you're in and just be content. And I think even as like when you get newly married you can kind of like start planning for next seasons of your life and that's just wherever if you're in college you're thinking about you know careers and careers thinking about where I can you know where I'm going to live and so just to really like be content and I think that's a discipline that comes through reading the word and just praying and saying Lord give me this discipline to be content um, because um, it truly is you know being single um, and even in your dating relationship is truly like a great time for you to just grow close to the Lord and because marriage is fun and marriage is awesome and you get to really just you know, be married to your best friend, and I mean, I'm in dental school, and I'm in a professional professional setting where there's not many people married, and it, people like are like, "What? You're married?" I remember when I came there, like, "How do you do that?" You know, you have homework and all this. I'm like, "You don't understand." Like, he washes the dishes for me. He'll go buy groceries. So he washes my clothes. I was like, "You're the one missing out, girl." You know, I was like, <laughs> "I'm like, they think it's like some you know crazy thing. Like, how are you married?" And I'm like, "No, this person is my help. You know, we're each other's helpers, and we like." You know, we're there to encourage each other and just, you know, serve each other. And it's just such a wonderful thing, but truly just to be content with where you are now, I guess. That's good. That's very good. And uh, we'll, we'll go to one last question, but I would just want to encourage you. We've said it time and time again, but find somebody that is pursuing Christ. If you want to know, hey, how should I approach this thing? What should I look for in a guy or a girl? Find somebody that is pursuing Christ. Don't just let Christian be a box that you check. Oh, he said he was a Christian. He goes to church. No, 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 no. There's, there's a huge, huge difference between somebody that says they're a Christian or even somebody that goes to church and somebody that is pursuing Christ. That is the guy and that is the kind of girl that you want to go after. Um, guys, what would you all say to the person, and this would be our kind of last question, but what would you say to the single person in the room um, that doesn't feel like they will find the person that they're going to marry? I would say, and I can say from personal experience, stop looking, like, because that's what I did. And I, I just know that I remember, I just remember praying to God before I had met Ashley, you know, I, I'm just, I'm looking for somebody, you know, I just, I always want to, you know, I just want somebody I can, you know, find that I'm compatible with, that I want to marry, and then, you know, I, was, I just felt like God just told me, you know, just focus on me, and don't look, and I'll, if, if, you know, I, I will place them there, and I feel like that's what happened with me, and that's just my personal experience, but I just feel like if your eyes are on the Lord, I believe if it's his will, he will, he will place them there, and it might be in the most, you know, random setting, you know, you, somewhere maybe you don't think you'd ever meet anyone, but, um, I can I can definitely testify to that. So again, I think it's just I know that I guess not something you want to hear, but just be patient. Um, I mean, you know, just as what you're saying, that, you know, in the season you're in, to be content and seek the Lord during that time. I mean, that's the time that you know grow closer to God during that time of, of singleness. And you know, you can sit there and look all you want, but if you're sitting there and you're like, oh man, I got to find a girlfriend or somebody, and it's like, hey, how about you? How about you? you know, you just you know, you, exactly. It's easy to find somebody, but 
just like what we're talking about the whole time, you mean, you want to find that person who's pursuing Christ, somebody you can run with, somebody who's going to, y'all can glorify the Lord and be that shining light with. It's not just some random person. The Lord has, you know, will direct your path there. So just, just slow down and, and be patient. And uh, yeah, I know that's tough to hear, you know, some people, but for some people, but I mean, it's true. So. Yeah, absolutely. And again, what we've said this entire time is that the marriage, we see it in Ephesians 5, is to portray ultimately the gospel. And that's something that if you're single that you can do with the life that you live because you can serve people, you can minister to people. And if you will live that life, if it's God's will, then he will bring you to somebody um, that will do that with you. And it will be an incredible, incredible thing. Some of you have got the stories of people that didn't feel like they'd ever meet somebody. I could sit here and tell you different stories. But just as Joe said, be patient. Don't settle. Find somebody that's pursuing Christ. But while you're waiting, pursue Christ. I want to end with a couple quotes here. Um, Just try and soak these up. It says this, make your mission God's global cause and the advance of the gospel where you are and look for someone pursuing the same. If you're hoping to marry someone who passionately loves Jesus and makes him known, it's probably best to put yourself in a community of people committed to that. And that's a quote by a guy named Marshall Seagal. And so again, if, yeah, rhymed, funny name. Um, but, um, but here's the thing. Some of us, we've, we've been in a relationship maybe that we shouldn't have. And if you ask yourself, okay, well, where did that relationship start? Was that in a community of people trying to pursue Christ? Or is that just random person in the classroom? We had, I don't know, phys ed together, whatever classes people take these days. Here's, all right, here's the last quote I'll say. Worship is the end of all Christian dating. And this is the same guy that I just quoted. Worship is the end of all Christian dating because worship is the end of the Christian life. God did not make you to be married. need to remember that. God did not make you to be married, but to make much of himself. Marriage is worth having because you get God in your lifelong commitment to one another. Marriage, is, a, marriage is, is about knowing God, worshiping God, depending on God, displaying God, and being made like God. And so the things that we've said tonight, if you do not take the Ephesians 5 approach, I promise you, you will not find a marriage that satisfies you. You won't. If you don't go along with what Scripture says, relationships They'll take place in your life. You may find somebody that you really like. You may get along great. It will not be what it was intended to be. And that may be a hard saying, but if we do it God's way, we get God's blessing. God created marriage. He created it. It's a gift. And just as I started, marriage is a gift from God. It should point or bring glory to God. So here's what I want us to do, and this is how we're going to close up. Um, We're going to close in prayer, but here's what I want you to do. I want guys, I want you to get into groups of three or four. Girls, I want you to get into groups of three or four. You're going to have to stand up, move around a little bit. So go ahead, find a group. Guys, get with a group of three or four. Girls, get with a group of three or four. Some Got to move around a little bit. Got to talk to people. (laughs) 